No mai piki mai hairi mai, ko Catherine Hall toko ingoa. Well, welcome to this episode of Windows on Dementia. My name is Catherine Hall. People living with dementia face enormous challenges, not the least of which is having the opportunity to exercise the rights that the rest of us take for granted. The voices of people living with dementia matter, and we need to do more to listen to those voices and to support them to live their best possible lives. And that's the topic of today's podcast. And today I'm talking to New Zealand's Disability Rights Commissioner, Paula Tesorero. Paula will be known to many of you. She is a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit. She is the chef de mission for the Paralympic team that will shortly be going to Tokyo. And she's also a Paralympic gold medalist. She's a lawyer. She's been a senior manager in a number of government departments. She's a life trustee at Halberg Trust. She's on governance boards for a number of organisations. And she's a mum, so a busy woman. And we're delighted to have her join us today because in her role as Disability Rights Commissioner, it's her job to protect and promote the rights of New Zealanders living with disabilities. So she's the perfect person for a discussion on human rights. So kia ora Paula and welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Kia ora Catherine. Kia ora koutou to all of the listeners. Ko Paula Tesoro toko ingoa. As Catherine said, I'm the Disability Rights Commissioner with a broad mandate around protecting and promoting the rights of disabled New Zealanders, of which there are 24% of us in New Zealand living with disability. I'm really pleased to be here to talk about what human rights are, how they apply to people with dementia. I'm reminded often in what I read about Alzheimer's in New Zealand and through learning from Catherine, the extent of the challenges faced by those living with dementia and the need for us all to work collaboratively to improve things now and for the future. So I'm really delighted to be here and thank you for having me, Catherine. Well, thank you. So let's kick this discussion off, Paula, by um, uh, asking you to talk to us about what do we mean by human rights? Human rights are a really important set of rights based around shared values like dignity, fairness, equality, respect and independence. And those rights form a set of basic rights and freedoms that belong to every single person in the world from birth until death. And they reply regardless of where you're from, what you believe in, and how you choose to live your life. Those rights are also something that no one can take away from us. Sometimes they can be restricted. For example, if a person breaks the law or in the interest of national security, but essentially they're rights that we all have. And they're so important that they are protected in our domestic law through important pieces of legislation like the Human Rights Act, the Bill of Rights Act, Te Tiriti o Waitangi, and they're also strengthened and protected through a number of international 
human rights conventions that New Zealand has signed up to. So, for example, we have signed up to the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And what that means is that New Zealand governments have an obligation to realise the important rights in that convention. So that's things like the right to an adequate standard of living, the right to housing, the right to employment, uh, the right to education, and, and there are a number of, of rights in that important convention. So human rights are really important. And often we focus on the rights bit, but it's also really important to think about responsibilities. And as much as we have human rights to enjoy, we also have a responsibility to make sure that others can enjoy those rights. So that's a bit of a snapshot, Catherine. So how do those rights then apply to people who are living with dementia, and in particular those with a diagnosis of dementia? You know, it's really, really important that everybody living with dementia and those who support, care and love those uh, with dementia recognise that people with dementia have all the same human rights as everyone else. You don't lose your rights because you are diagnosed with dementia. Because of discrimination and the way that sometimes people work, often that's not recognised or it's not upheld in the way that we all know that it should be. So, for example, it might be assumed by people providing services uh, to people with dementia that a diagnosis means a person with dementia can no longer exercise their rights. But of course, that's not true. Every person with dementia has the right to express their will and preference. So effectively, any person with dementia has the right to decide how they want to live their life, who they receive services from, who cares for them, who they have involved in their life. They have the right to be involved in really critical decisions affecting their rights or being supported to express their will and preference. So sometimes we know that people living with dementia might have some challenges in communicating those preferences for how they live their lives. And that's why it's really important that families and service providers um, and the medical profession understand what supported decision-making is. So I might talk a little bit about that if I can, Catherine, because I think it's a really important concept for people. And so essentially what supported decision-making is, is it means having access to information in ways that work for people, so in this case, people with dementia. So it means having access to what the decision is that the person is being asked to make. What are the consequences of the different options? Having trusted people to support working through those decisions and understanding that a person living with dementia has a holistic set of needs that have to be met. It also means guarding against conflicts of interest or coercion. So it's really important that people living with dementia are supported to make sure that doesn't happen. 
Supported decision-making is also about demonstrating that the decision represents the will and preference of the person. So sometimes what can happen, and this applies to a, a range of disabled people, is that sometimes people can mistakenly make a decision for someone else. And that's not a human rights approach. A human rights approach says, actually, that's not the way to do things. The way to do things is to make sure the person who the decision is being made about has the full opportunity to make that decision for themselves, even though they might need some support. So, you know, Catherine, you and I are both um, big champions for supporting those rights of people living with dementia and you absolutely do not lose any single right just because you have a diagnosis of dementia. It just means you might need a little bit of support from time to time to exercise those rights. Yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And what's even more important is that that's what people living with dementia say. And we know that because of the research that we did a couple of years ago that was published in the This Is Our Story uh, report, where people with dementia talked a lot about how important it was that they had the right to make the decisions about the things that were important to them and their strong um, sense that they were able to do that with the right support. One of the things that um, also came through that piece of research, though, is a tension that exists, I think, between that right to make decisions for yourself and the concern that family and others will have for people's safety and, and managing risk around choices or, uh, or activities. And so I'm really interested in, in your perspective on, on how you get a balance between those, those tensions. Yeah, Catherine, that's such an important point of discussion. And I think that's something we, we see in the disability space quite a bit around balancing a set of really important issues for family who, you know, have, have a number of really legitimate concerns about their loved one and then also being able to balance the rights of the individual living with dementia to exercise their rights. And I think, you know, we really saw that actually during COVID and you and I had a number of conversations and continue to have conversations around um, balancing those rights. And so I might talk a little bit about COVID just because I think it illustrates this issue really well. So in a national emergency like the pandemic that we currently have, you know, there, there has to be a balance between ensuring that people are protected from getting COVID uh, and we know that under alert level for people who were in dementia units for example or other places of detention were effectively locked down from the outside world and we also know that many people living with dementia in the community also couldn't access services that they might ordinarily be able to access and you know at that time you're, you're sort of really balancing people's safety and protection from COVID, but also it's really important to remember that in that situation, people living with dementia didn't lose 
the right to be able to access family and family court. And it doesn't mean that in a pandemic situation that people should be prevented from having statutory visitors. So that's visitors who might have a role in making sure that people are okay. And I think it's also, you know, really important to highlight that in those situations where the care and protection and safety of a person has to be sort of considered, you know, you can do those things while still ensuring that a human rights approach is taken. So that means still talking to the person with dementia about, you know, what they want to see, how they might like to interact with family in that alert level four situation, but also making sure that people you know, families or the medical profession and service providers don't rush to make a decision for that person without really taking them on the journey. And look, from time to time, that might take a bit longer. And, you know, you might need to put some supports in place to make sure that the person with dementia can express what they want to happen. And, you know, you you can balance things by explaining you know, why the health and safety in this situation is really important, what the concerns are that, you know, are trying to be managed. But you can still listen to the will and preference of the person living with dementia. And in fact, we must do that because you don't lose those rights just because you have dementia. I think that's exactly right. And I'm kind of reflecting as you're talking on the work that our advisory group, which is made up of people with dementia and care partners, did a couple of years ago when they developed their dementia declaration, which was also framed around, um, you know, their rights and the and the fact that their lives matter and one of the things that is reflected all the way through that that declaration is how important it is to them that they are supported by people who understand their situation and have the knowledge and information to support them and I guess this is kind of throwing a slightly difficult question at you, at you, Paula, but you know, this is not a new issue in the health sector or amongst providers in the health sector. And yet we still seem to ha- not be able to, to, to get to the point where it is just an accepted and natural part of practice that the rights of people with dementia drive what happens for them. Absolutely. I mean, the thing I really love about that dementia declaration is, you know, really clear from people with dementia who say, you know, we live our best possible lives when when a number of things happen. But one of the ones I really like is that that really important, we have control over our lives. And I like the sort of end bit, which is I am still me. And that's really, really important um, that we have control over our lives. And I think the the sort of journey through disability um, as a sector has been really interesting where, you know, historically very much, you know, disabled people weren't seen as being able to make decisions for themselves. And, you know, I, I absolutely still see in some areas of disability, including in, in the area of dementia, where 
people are not afforded the right to have choice and control over their lives. And and that really, really worries me and is something that, you know, we all need to work really hard to change. I think one of the things that I've always, you know, hoped would be really helpful for the disability community and, and really relevant for the dementia community is improving our understanding, our awareness, and our laws to strengthen supported decision-making. So most of the laws actually in New Zealand, our legal framework is very much tied up around this idea of substituted decision-making. So, you know, for a whole bunch of reasons, this person can't um, make the decision for themselves, and so other people are able to make those decisions. And actually, that's not consistent with international best practice. It's not even consistent with um, what we know in New Zealand is good practice. But we do need to do work to really strengthen that supported decision-making, which I can't emphasise enough is, is important because then you can, you know, hopefully hand on heart, really know that you have helped a person with dementia to be able to exercise that important control over their lives. So, you know, I think we all have a responsibility to help make sure that that dementia declaration is lived and and breathed and also you know we've we've talked about the dementia action plan Catherine in in the past and it's something that I'm very mindful that again requires that collaborative effort to to move ahead on and I know that um, supported decision making is a key part of that plan. Yes, yes, it, it, it absolutely is. I think in the spirit of trying to keep people safe sometimes, we lose sight of how important our sense of identity is and our, our need to be recognised still as being ourselves and, and making decisions about the things that are important to us. And that includes how we go about getting you know, health services and support in the way that's set out in the in the Dementia Action Plan. So yes, yes, we're optimistic that government might take some action on that this year and that will certainly go a long way to dealing with some of these issues, including around supported decision making. Look, I know that um, you have had your own personal experience around someone living with dementia recently, and you know, I'd be interested in your reflection on that experience. Yeah, no, thanks, Catherine. I, I, I do have a loved one who is in a secure dementia unit, and, and actually prior to this experience, I also lost an auntie who died at a very young age, actually, of dementia and that was my sort of first foray into understanding at that more personal level but I I was pretty young then and so I didn't sort of understand it fully and and now I have this this new experience where a person who I've been super close to all, all my life you know who's just been a champion for me you know a person I love dearly who who has dementia and you know it's it's so interesting because because of the fact that he's in a secure dementia unit I've got to know quite a lot of people with dementia um, in the unit and the different ways of engaging and communicating and I see it actually as a real privilege to be going on this journey with this loved one because 
I know that um, through my work you know, in human rights, um, I actually see some of the things we've been talking about really play out. And I can see why in some cases it would feel really easy to actually just make some decisions for him, you know, with the, the wisdom that I have in this particular area or whatever it is, it would, it would just be faster and easier. But actually, he knows exactly what he wants and what he doesn't want. He knows what makes him happy and what doesn't. And he knows who he trusts. And, you know, a really good example is he wants to know when friends and other people are coming to visit him. Now, actually, that's a pretty reasonable expectation, right? To be able to, you know, we all expect kind of that someone might flick us a text and say, coming to visit or are you home for a cuppa and, and that sort of thing. And one of the things he said to me recently was, you know, I like that all these people come and visit me, but they they just sort of arrive. I don't always remember who they are and I feel a bit embarrassed and it would just be nice if, you know, people like that let me know they were coming. And so we were able to actually just let people know that, you know, it's a really reasonable expectation. And I always find that really working through with this person, you know, what it is that he wants is really lovely at the end when actually, you know, you you figure out what it is. And we have these wonderful moments of, you know, forgetting things and, and then remembering them and telling stories and being able to share those memories. And so... You know, I, I really regard it as a privilege and, and you know, I know that there are people living with dementia who have, you know, great support around them and other people who, you know, might might need that extra support. And so, you know, for listeners in the broader community, I really encourage you to become, you know, a friend of those with dementia, you know, get involved in the community because, even though, of course, I feel a sense of some sense of sadness at the situation, I always leave the unit actually feeling somehow more connected with the world. I feel a, a greater sense of contentment because just for a moment, you know, the world sort of just calms down a little bit and you focus on what's really important. And in that moment, it is supporting this person who who I love dearly so you know sometimes I have to say I get really sad when I just know that there are some people living in the same residence that don't have visitors and that really saddens me because actually I know that they need support now possibly more than they ever have in their lives and it's a real privilege to um to be involved in a little way in their lives, but also to be able to support the person um, who, who I love. You know, one of the things we do know is that when you get a diagnosis of dementia, it's often those who are closest to us that withdraw or treat us differently. So, you know, at that time when we need support, we often don't get it and we can find ourselves quite isolated. And, you know, as you said, it's a very, um, it's a very rich experience 
keeping in contact with and living a life, going on the journey with someone who has a diagnosis of dementia that you're close to. I too have had a personal experience of that and, you know, just learned such a lot about the things that are really important to us as people. Well, probably um, we're coming to the end of our time, but I just wanted to finish up. I think that you've, you've talked about two really important things that we can all do to help people to exercise their human rights and live their best possible life. And I think the first of those, uh, you know, is about supporting people to make the decisions that are important to them. And the second is about keeping in contact with people and going on the journey with them. Is there anything else that you would say that, you know, we could all do to do our part in supporting people to live their lives? Absolutely. I mean, I think on top of those two things, it's about raising awareness. And, you know, Alzheimer's New Zealand and others do a great job at really raising that awareness. And I think as a society, we need that awareness raised if we are going to properly respond to the needs of people with dementia. And if we are going to create the kind of New Zealand that we want for people living with dementia in. And so I think that raising awareness that we can all do is important. I think also really taking that human rights approach of empowering people with dementia to have a voice. And, you know, this is not the time for that voice to be silenced. It's a time for, you know, the, the challenge for everyone, doesn't matter whether you're a loved one, you're a member of the medical profession, a service provider, taking the time to work through what it is that the person wants, knowing that there are there will be a way for them to express what they like and don't like and what they want, I think, you know, is is really, really important. And I think making sure that people with dementia do understand their rights, so they don't lose those rights, and that there are places to go if, you know, a loved one or if a person with dementia feels that they're not being treated appropriately. So, you know, going to the Ombudsman, going to the Human Rights Commission, the police, Age Concern, the Health and Disability Commissioner, you know, being aware of where to go if people have concerns and, and giving people with dementia the confidence to raise those concerns. And I think it's really important to make sure that we all uphold the dementia declaration has been developed by people living with dementia and giving voice to that and recognising that that is what people with dementia want and the challenge for us as people in New Zealand who play a variety of roles, it's, it's our job to uphold that. And I think it's also, you know, important just to recognize that you know it, it can be a bit of a bumpy journey and people with dementia and families need support along the way and you know encouraging people to ask for help pointing them in the direction of where they can get that help uh, is, is really important so I think there's lots we can do Catherine we just you know have to keep challenging ourselves and keep you know, encouraging people to work together to make sure that people with dementia in New Zealand, whether they live in a an aged care or other care setting uh, or in the community, enabling people with dementia to live the best life that they deserve. 
Kira, thank you, Paula, and thank you so much for your time today and for bringing such a thoughtful and practical perspective to this so important topic. And for listeners out there, if you're interested in this topic, then do check out our webinar series, Dementia Rights are Human Rights. You'll find that on our website at alzheimers.org.nz. But for now, thank you very much. Kia ora koutou, everybody.